Are you ready to make 2017 the year you transform your life? You can wait for something to happen or you're actually going to decide to go, go home after this weekend to do something about that. We all know that we have a very, very limited amount of time on this earth. So let's not have repeated years. Live your own life. Make the choice, make the decision for your own life. Fear is where you develop courage. There's a moment going, holy crap, all right, I'm gonna do this now. The wellness breakthrough is coming. And so you actually have that choice every single morning, every single day, every single moment to decide whether you're gonna live it to the fullest or not. Join myself, Marcus Pierce, and the wellness guys, Damien Christoph, Lawrence Tam, and Brett Hill for two nights and three days of transformation at the country place. 10 acres of breathtaking rainforest in the Dandenong Ranges of Victoria, February 17 to 19. It's each and every single one of you are gonna support each other in your journey, whatever that journey is. Couples discounts available, limited spots remaining for all information and to watch the spine chilling video, go to thewellnessbreakthrough.com. Thewellnesscoach.com, streaming wellness into your lives. Welcome to 100 Not Out, featuring your hosts, Dr. Damien Christoph and Marcus Pierce. Welcome to 100 Not Out, a weekly show dedicated to helping you master the art of aging well. My name is Marcus Pierce, and I am here over Skype, but oh so excited to be with the fabulous co-founder of The Wellness Couch and The Wellness Guys. He's my long-lost buddy. He's Dr. Damien Christoph. How are you, mate? Oh, hello, Piercey. Gee, this is so good. It's so exciting to be back together weekly. Yeah. I know I say that. I say that, but it does get me buzzed pretty spizzed up to think that oh, I get to catch up with PC again today because you know for a long time we did that group batch recording thing and I know we banged on about this about two weeks ago but we did the group batch recording thing and it was good but this is so much better just feels yes. so current just, 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 that's right just so people know we were doing 13 episodes four times a year and yep. um and and we did have some great time together, but I'm I'm with you, mate. I love spending time with you on a weekly basis. And for those people that are wondering, what is Damo talking about when he says all spizzed up? Tell people, Damo, what is spizz? <laughs> There's a guy. His name is Reggie Gold, and Reggie he's since passed. Reggie, uh, he's a chiropractor, and he used to say the feeling that you get uh, when you give somebody an adjustment, or the feeling that you get when you get adjusted. Is hard to describe, and he used to call it spizzerinctum. And uh, and spizzerinctum was this sensational feeling that you get when you give someone an adjustment as a chiropractor, and it just feels so good. You just can't really describe it. And then we just shortened that to the word spizz, like you feel spizzed. And uh, and so that's what it is. Like it's a feeling that's hard to describe, but it just it, it's a really great feeling. Yep. So that's no, mm. a great word. Great word. And uh, everyone listening, you're more than welcome to say you're feeling so spizzed up right now. And watch the eyeballs lock in on you. <laughs> what does spizzed mean? It's like telling somebody you can see the cubital fossa. Oh, the good old, yep. I yeah. love that word too. And yes. Uh, yes, we could bang on about this. We could make people laugh with all of our words for the next 20 minutes. But 
On all things laughing, you've gone through some experiences the last uh, week or two that are anything but, and uh, we had a nice uh, mini DNM before we came on air, and we had a good chat on the phone last week, which I always wish we were recording our phone calls half the time, but uh, <laughs> gives us an opportunity to, to talk about it again. Um, you recently uh, went through the, the passing of your stepmom. Would you be happy to share just, I suppose... Um, the, the circumstances around that and, and I thought, you know, well, based on what you were saying, there's some really wonderful, beautiful lessons from it all that, that we can um, talk about ourselves and, and, and with our listeners. Yeah, of course, mate. Look, I think it's just a, a really big period of reflection. It's a reflective time and, um, and, and it's amazing what actually comes to you and what you learn you know, through through these things. And obviously, you and I have spoken at length about the things that we learned in June last year when we went to uh, Ikaria in to, uh, 2016. And, uh, and we, you know, the things that we learned took away from there in terms of the importance of family, the importance of community, um, all, of those, all of those sorts of things. Uh, they, they come not to haunt you, but to remind you of the things that, uh, that you really could be doing to make the rest of your life the best of your life, you know. And, uh, you know, in the passing of Dawn, Omar, my stepmom, uh, was very sad, and you, you count your blessings um, with those who are still left um, behind, I suppose, to mourn the, the passing of Dawn, but also to celebrate her life. But uh, we, you, I couldn't help but think that there were some things in there that were just almost missed opportunities for all of us in and around Dawn um, and her life um, that we, we probably could have done. Um, and they could have done that would have, you know, just added that little bit of extra memory or a little bit of extra, um, I don't know, specialness to, to the life of Dawn, even though the life was very, very special and well attended. A, you know, a funeral attracted over 700 people. Um, and the church commented they've never seen a funeral of that size, you know, that filled both halls plus the church and spilled out into the grounds of the church. Like it was it was enormous. And, uh, and that just goes to show the impact that she had on the community uh, which was great, and all the great work that she did do with all the people that she that she touched. But um, there's a few things that I kind of regret, and I was chatting with you before, MP, about Bronnie Ware uh, and, and her article, I think it was, wasn't it? The, the five things... The top that, five the, regrets of the dying. The top five things, the regrets of the dying. And I wonder if there's, you know, a book that could be written, the top five regrets of the living after the dying have gone. You know, maybe that's that's something that could be said because I've got a couple of things that I regret, you know, in that regard. There's two things in, in particular. One one of them was that my dad and and Dawn had, uh, had booked a trip to Thailand through, I think it was Expedia, I think it was, and uh, they, they booked that on the Sunday – and on the Monday, she was diagnosed with cancer. And so they rang to cancel this trip and, uh, and Expedia said, no, no, you bought a non-refundable. Um, you can't have your money back. And, uh, and so I said, seriously, that's like within eight hours. It's not really buyer's remorse. You, know, you should be able to get that back. And they said, no, no, we can't. They're not going to give it back to us. And I said, well, what are you going to do? They said, we're just going to let the money go. And I said, well, you've still got to take the trip. You know, It's in October. The trip's going to be in October. And uh, which was October 2016, and um, and they said, no, no, we'll wait till Dawn's better. She won't be better by then. We'll wait till she's better, and then we'll go. And I said, don't go. You know, don't put her off. You know, it, it, it's a good thing to do. It's a great thing to do to go and spend some time together and hang out. And they didn't go. Anyway, Dawn passed in uh, January this year, 2017. 
and and they missed out on their holiday. And, and that for me is regretful because there was something that they didn't do together and they had never seen together, you know, going to Thailand. And, uh, and, and they could have actually done that together and it would have been an amazing thing. So I regret that. Can and, I ask you a I, question about that? Yeah, of course. When you say, because uh, this is fascinating, I'm, I'm, I'm obviously being the journo here listening to your language and, and the words you use. When you say you regret it, um, my instant you know, feeling is, well, it's completely out of your control, right? So, as the observer, you're kind of watching you know, the train wreck happening going, oh my gosh, I can't believe this is going to happen. Like, they're not going to go on their holiday and Dawn's going to pass away and then they're not going to get it. But when you say you regret it, do you feel a level of personal guilt on your behalf? Because normally with regret, it's something that you could have done that you didn't do that you wish you did do. So, when you talk about regret, do you feel like there's something that you could have done that that didn't happen or do you feel is it more sad? Is is, is Is regret actually sadness that they never got on that trip because of the decision that they made or the values that they had around it yeah i think there's i don't feel guilt around it i definitely don't feel any guilt around it um i wonder whether or not i could have made more of a point but you know it's not up to me to intervene however i just wonder if there's ever a language that can be used uh or whether there's a conversation that can ever be had that reaffirms the importance of making the rest of your life the best of your life you know like we wish it for people yeah. Um, but how do we actually encourage people to actually live that and actually, you know, drive that? You know, we, we we've we talk about the Icarian longevity uh, retreat that we run, um, and I firmly believe that that's a life changing event. How do you encourage people to, you know, to take part in that and embrace it to the extent that I suppose you and I have? You know, is it just a stage of life? Is it uh, an awareness? Is it something that you're seeking? All those sorts of things, and so forth. Uh, dad and dawn like it would have been in my opinion it would have been an amazing thing for them to do to continue to take that holiday to do that holiday and to head overseas and you know fly in the face of caution um and just go you know what we're going to enjoy the, the rest of our days and if it's in another country it's in another country you know and that's i think and 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 death and grief is 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 a truly fascinating around this is that you realize really quickly that everyone does do it differently don't you and that's the thing like i think what we're both saying is wouldn't it be great if everyone um, celebrated life and 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 lived life in the moment and said stuff it you know stuff you cancer we're going on our trip and all of those things because that's what that's what we do and the biggest challenge like you say that i think life's biggest challenge is observing others that don't do it the same way that are for want of a term more conservative or cautious or I don't know risk averse I'm not sure the right words but um but but like you say going through the experiences that we both did and and with the tribe in Korea in 2016 and with the it seems to me like this has been the the first and I haven't had it yet myself but this has been the first um major death since Korea where a lot of what you learnt or experienced in Korea has now been tested and challenged Oh, absolutely. You know, and, and I think, you know, I think about the people that could or are probably in line next to pass in my family and I think, oh, gee, I, you know, I really hope that they have an opportunity to go and, you know, enjoy more of their life. You know, you realize how short life actually is. My grandfather who's 98 says life's too short, you know, yeah. and, uh, <laughs> and, uh, and so you put that into perspective and he's at 98 going, you know, still more things that I can do. You know, while his body enables him to do certain things, um, there's certain things that he's just not able to do anymore because mm. his body won't let him do it. So he has, you know, he's, he's still got years in him. He said, you know, I'll be around for a couple more years and, 
you know, that should seem over 100, and that'll be fantastic. That'll be a fantastic story for us to talk about when he reaches 100. I wonder if you'll let us interview him when he's 100. Oh, I hope he does. <laughs> He's the hardest man in the world to interview. I actually did a little sneaky interview with him the other day. I just put the phone down and yeah, nice. then I started asking him questions and recorded it. And, uh, and it was great. It was really, really good. But I think that's one for the family. But, um, yeah, pretty cool. But the other thing um, that I have regret about, and it's, it's not guilt about, it's just regret. I just wish it had, a, it had have occurred is, you know, I sat down with Omar and, you know, Dawn when, um, when she was told that they weren't going to do any more chemotherapy because it wasn't working. And, you know, there was the stunness and a, and a, like a sense of, oh my gosh, you know, what is left? Um, there's like a sense of almost doom and gloom. And I said, you know what, Dawn, you've had an amazing impact on so many people, an amazing life. Uh, one of the greatest things about your house is you design the house, you and dad design the house to have parties. You know, why don't we have a party so that people can come and celebrate your life rather than mourning your death? Why don't we come and celebrate life? Not talk about the cancer, not talk about the, you know, that you're going to die or any of these sorts of things. Let's talk about the good times. Let's talk about the good times. Now yeah. put some great music on, let's have some great food, some drinks, blah, blah, blah. Um, and I, I was told, look, you know, I don't, we don't have the energy for that. We don't have the, uh, we don't have time to do that, you know. And, and I said, well, that's all we've got is time. And I said, you know, in all seriousness, Shane, my stepbrother and I, we could organise this party and we could, you know, have a great celebration of the life and everyone can reflect on it and tell funny stories and, you know, do you remember when and all that sort of thing, just bring back, flood back this all This is these. your life. This is your life. This is it. And so I think that's what I want to happen with me if I have the opportunity to say a long, a long goodbye. Yeah. Um, I, I want to have a party to celebrate the things that I did in life. You know, the funny things, the quirky things, the crazy things, the the wins, the losses, all those sorts of things, just to reflect yeah. on and to you know bring important people back into my life before I pass away. And uh, and and so I wished for that for Dawn and Dad um, that they they had have done that because we had the party and in the wake there was sixty people back at my dad's house. Um, there was 450 people at the hall after the ceremony, you know, just eating sandwiches and having cake and sharing, you know, those times. But the the thing was the notable absence of Dawn, like yeah. she wasn't there. And you kind of go, okay, like it, could this have been better if Dawn was here because then we're all celebrating together? Um, and, yes, of course, we would have still had a wake, but there would have been that one extra step, that one extra celebration of life as opposed to, you know, just commentary on the respect of her life, you know, just just different, you know. So I kind of regret that we never did that. Um, and I wonder whether or not that's an easy thing for people to swallow that, hey, look, it's like that I'm going to die. So we're going to have a party to celebrate my life. Well, um, I think it's a great thing to experience. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off there. I thought you were finished. No, well, so it's just, you know, come in, answer. But I, uh, I just wonder, how do you, how do we get people to think about the celebration of life, you know, and and uh, as opposed to the morning of death, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Well, I mean, I don't know. I, I one, I, I clearly remember when my uh, my auntie Maureen passed away um, recently, as you as you remember, and I was talking yeah, to my mum about this because. My mum, whenever we're at a funeral, you know, there's always a question of, oh, I wouldn't do this at my funeral. I definitely want this at my funeral. And, and I don't know if we're just a morbid family like that, but we're talking about the music that we're going to play and all the different ways that it is. And, and I, I do believe that the, the more of these, you know, the more times you experience death in your life, I think it particularly, um, the way that you're speaking, Damo, like you, re- you realize that you, there are preferences as to way that you want your life to, 
end for want of a better again i don't mean to sound morbid but you've already said you want a long goodbye you don't want a quick goodbye um you want well to- no 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 that's not true i actually do want a quick goodbye i don't want to go in pain i don't want to be starved oh, no, sorry, but, you, but you want but a party if, like you want to you want to elongate to have a the long process goodbye. yeah like yeah. if i was to have a long goodbye so if it was let's say for example and touch wood this isn't the case but if if i was to receive a diagnosis of cancer that eventually became terminal or whatever if that was going to be my thing I'd want to have a celebration, and yes, I would do everything I possibly could to avoid the passing because yeah. I just love life. Um, but you wouldn't stop but, living. No, I, I, yeah, I don't want to stop living, and at the same time, like I'd want to celebrate life. But I, I, my preference would be that that's not the way that I'd leave the planet. Yeah. Um, you know, I much prefer to leave the planet quickly, so and preferably not traumatically. You know what I mean? So, yeah. um, we're both going to die in our sleep, aren't we, Damo? I hope so. Yeah. At a very, very old age. <laughs> holding uh, hands <laughs> well maybe mate maybe uh, you never know you never know it depends what our wives if they, if they live beyond us uh, it's just funny isn't it so it's so yeah it's it's that's that's it it's not that i want to have a long i want to die slowly but if that's what i'm granted if that's what's going to happen to me then i i think at this stage i want to have a party and it's interesting you say that about the funeral oh, i don't want to have that at my funeral Dawn, back in the year 2000, the year that my son was born, Jackson was born, she planned her whole funeral. So in the front of her Bible, the readings that she wanted, the songs that she wanted, um, how she wanted to be buried, where she wanted to be buried, um, all that, like it's all on the front page of her Bible. So that when you open up the front page, it says, my funeral, and everything was there. So she'd organized pretty much everything already. Wow. Which made and do you know really what the easy. stimulus was? I mean, was it because Jackson was born or did someone in her life pass away then where she was like, right. You know. I don't know. I don't know. Um, it was fascinating. You know, last night I had my dad over and he said, you know, put a bit of Janice Joplin on. So I said, all right, I put some Janice Joplin on. Yeah. It's just tapping away. And I said, I didn't know you liked Janice Joplin. He said, yeah, yeah, she's fantastic. You know, really like her. You know, awesome, awesome. And he goes, you know, this is the sort of song I want played at my funeral. Hey. Going, okay. Mark that down. Mark that one Sonos, down. Yep. That's a Sonos favourite. Yeah. And, uh, and so, so I Under did. Under the playlist, Dad's funeral music. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So, you know, there's those little pearls that you kind of think, okay, so at what point do I start to note those down, remember those sorts of things, and, uh, you know, do I write my own funeral now? Mm. But uh, it was great that Dawn did that. So it's a great point that you bring that up because I know that you and your mum have done that after the passing of Maureen, Auntie Maureen. Well, I just think, you know, and, and listening to the way you talk, you realize as you get older that you have these preferences. You know, it's not just, I feel like even when I was growing up, the only real option was to get buried in a cemetery. But now, there's so many different ways to, to I suppose, you know, um, have a funeral. So, um, whether it's the way we play music, the way our PowerPoint or keynote slides are presented, the photos that are shared, the videos, you know, all the different things. Um, you know, it's so important. It's so important. It's so, <laughs> it's so produced. Um, well, but, you know, we you know, the it. photos we that it. were originally, you know, for Dawn's wedding or Dawn's wedding, what Dawn's funeral, uh, were done on a PowerPoint presentation and uh, and just flicked through. Like the next photo came up, the next yeah. photo came up, next photo came up, and yeah. there was like thirty or forty photos. And it's like that's too short. Yeah. That doesn't sum up 
doing his life. So I changed it, got all the photos, put it into a keynote presentation, yeah, then exported yeah. it as a movie and overlaid a whole lot of music and, you know, have blends. And then I've made a movie out of that and of the ceremony and blah, blah, blah. And so all of that can be achieved when you, you know, when you know exactly what it is that you want to produce. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm a, bit, I'm a bit like that too. If you, if I die, if anyone does a PowerPoint presentation, I'll come back to haunt you. But uh, if, if, if I die and you do a keynote presentation, I'll be happy. <laughs> now, there's one other element from this experience that I'd love to talk to you about, but I reckon we might save it for another episode because it's uh, something that your great mate Simon Kelly um, spoke about with you. But I, I think as we as we near um, the end of this episode, that maybe we hold this off and and talk about just very much connected to just making the most of living and and not waiting. Um, for the right time and all the rest of it because I think, you know, the experiences that you've gone through over the last couple of weeks has definitely highlighted the fact that um, life is not something that, that, you know, that we wait for things to happen to us. We, we, we make them happen and and um, and that may, that may be, in fact, one of Dawn's greatest, I suppose, lessons to everyone involved with her, particularly, like you said, with the experience of maybe the holiday and the party. It just drives home even more and burns in your heart even more and, and hopefully our listeners' heart as well is that there's no time to wait. You know, you just don't know what's around the corner. Um, we could all book a holiday one day and have something... Um, uh, massive happened to us the next day. Um, we're, we're not immune to it as well. So I think it's a massive um, learning lesson. And, and again, it's awesome that you've been so happy to to share it with us, Damo, because it is a not a touchy subject, but it's very personal. And uh, yeah, I can't thank you enough for being happy to share it. You're welcome, mate. You're welcome. Happy to share. And I'm, this is, you know, it's healing, isn't it? So talking about these sorts of things actually helps everybody. Yeah, it is cathartic. You can feel it. I can definitely feel it the way you speak about it. It's it's um it's good. And just just and again, it's a personal question, but I think everyone would would like to know um that that cares for you and your family. Um, how is your dad? Because obviously that would be uh, a major chapter in his life as well. Big chapter, big chapter. You know, we put in the big ticket of the movie last night, and I had a little tear as you know the coffin was picked up in the movies, and you know, just or in the movie of you know the the actual ceremony, I had a little tear, and he said, "You all right, Jack?" And I said, "Yeah." Just looking at your face and seeing how sad you look, and that's the saddest thing for me. He said, "Well, I lost my life partner," and uh, and I said, "Yeah, I get that, Dad." And he said, "Look, I'm doing all right. I'm not, uh, you know, I had six months to work up to this." Um, and he's doing amazingly well, which is a great thing. But it's it's really interesting. It's not interesting. It's a really important thing to remember that uh, that someone gets left behind in this regard. And uh, and I think we all do know that. But you know, being around it, it just reinforces it. So there is a really important thing. But Dad's doing well. I think the family's doing all right. Yeah, thanks, and, mate. And it would be remiss of me to ask, just to be clear, that I mean, I know I've asked you off air, but just so everyone else knows, um, you and Jackson. Um, and Amber, but particularly uh, you and Jackson, because I mean, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a grandmother figure, I suppose, in many ways. But um, yeah, absolutely. No, we're we're actually we're good. You know, we're definitely mourning it, um, but at the same time, we're actually good. And I don't think there's any anything unhealthy about the way in which we're mourning. Yeah, well played, well played, and and I, I do have no doubt that the um, experiences that Jacko uh, had in a career as well at such a tender age would be no doubt helping him through one of those tougher chapters because. Um, like you say, it definitely does open your 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 world up to 
how to celebrate life and also to grieve as well. So thanks again, Damo, for your for your honesty and your wisdom. Um, to find out more about Damo, guys, head over to DamienChristoff.com uh, to learn more about what Damo's up to. Myself, MarcusPierce.com.au. Um, remember, there's over 20 podcasts available at TheWellnessCouch.com. There'd be thousands of episodes on TheWellnessCouch.com with over 200 of 100 not out. Remember, the number one show on The Wellness Couch is The Wellness, guys. Check out the entire range at TheWellnessCouch.com. And until next week, as always, continue to make the rest of your life the best of your life. This has been a production of TheWellnessCouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on Facebook.com forward slash TheWellnessCouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Whilst the Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of the Wellness Couch podcasts.